Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hey, good morning. It is chilly out there, but it is gorgeous. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin, as you heard. This is the Austin Gardener, and we're here to talk about whatever y'all want to talk about as far as your gardening, landscaping needs go. If you would like to join the show, 512-836-0590 is the call or text number. And we have a toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Did it freeze last night, y'all? Because... I went out on the deck this morning, and my um, table was covered in frost. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it did a little bit. Light freeze, frost. Does it have to freeze to get frost on my table? Uh, it was cold though, <clears throat> but it's you know going to warm up nicely into the 70s, and maybe by Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we will be getting some rain. I hope we can use it. And, um, but I know now is, is one of those times where we start thinking about, uh, Christmas instead of gardening. Uh, but there are things that you can be doing. And if you're going to plant fruit trees, uh, I was going to talk about that. And I see there's a question here on the text line about, um, pollination of fruit trees. And I was looking at the AgriLife, uh, Travis County website, uh, this morning, and you can grow so many kinds of fruits and nuts around here. But they suggest that even if something, one of your fruit trees is uh, called self-pollinating, that you go ahead and get another one as well. You just have to be sure that the tree has similar chill hours to the ones that you're, you know, uh, trying to cultivate for sure. So it says here, some varieties may be rated as self-fertile, but best practice is to get a pollinator anyway. They should be different varieties, but with similar chill hour requirements so that they bloom at approximately the same time. Ornamental pears do not serve as cross-pollinators, and that would be something like the Bradford pear. Um, but you can grow a lot of stuff around here um, I went over this list not too long ago, and if you want to uh, read the same things I'm looking at here, you go to the AgriLife, in my case, Travis County, whatever county y'all live in. You can grow apples, peaches, pears, plums, persimmons, jujubes, fig, pomegranate, some citrus, table grapes, pecans, olives, loquats, strawberries, and blackberries. Um, and there's probably even a few more, but um, apple trees typically grown on uh, dwarf rootstock. We talked about that before. Uh, you want to, you know, read up on that before you get them. They are susceptible to cotton root rot, though. And in fact, uh, a lot of commercial cotton growers will, will plant apple trees as an indicator uh, for that disease, just like Pecan orchards will plant crepe myrtles as an indicator, as it really kind of a trap plant for aphids because aphids love them so much. 
So yeah, try to get another pollinator. But again, you got to be uh, know your chill hours. And this is why we want to buy our fruit trees and stuff, which will come in. I heard Jeff talking about getting pecans and stuff this morning. Typically, our bare root stuff comes in in January and February, and you just need to go armed with info uh, before you go shopping so you know you're getting something that's going to work. Uh, let's see. Here's a text. And again, here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. That's a call or text. My five-year-old cross vine has been doing well over the last few years. A lot of flowers last spring. But now the leaves have splotches and they're turning yellow and drooping. What is happening? Here is a picture. Let me get a close look at this right quick. It looks like a little bit of a leaf fungus. And it could be just the uh, kind of moist weather that we've had. Um, you can always use potassium bicarbonate spray for that. You can also seaweed can be really good and really useful for combating these kinds of things, leaf problems on there. Uh, again, I can't enlarge this picture, but it looks like maybe a little bit of a fungus. That's my best guess. Uh, you can also, folks, send pictures to the master gardeners uh, on the website for the the uh, extension service, and they have experts that will uh, help diagnose. You can also put things in a a bag, uh, a baggie, uh, sample leaves, and take them to a nursery and see if somebody there can diagnose what is wrong. But that's what it looks like. Cross vines are very very hardy here and I would not worry about it even if you don't treat it whatever it is will probably pass and it'll put on new growth and be happy again uh, let's see here's another text Ooh, was 27 degrees on Lake Travis this morning well there you go so if it was 27 out there then it uh, it must have slightly frozen at my house for sure i would say um okay now on the pollination of fruit trees jeff replied some fruit tree varieties must have a pollinator some do not it depends on the fruit you want to grow um so yeah but as as the experts recommend you may want to go ahead and get a, a pollinator anyway just in case, right? Because I've always said like methylene plum is self-pollinating. Um, but man, there's so much good information. When you go to the uh, Travis, go to AgriLife and then your county, click on horticulture and there's just so much good information there. Um, and it'll tell you like what the plants are, what their, uh, you know, maybe the potential problems are. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Marie, Central Austin, how you doing? Okay, I just want to know how far from the boundary line between me and my neighbor could I plant a pecan tree? Well, you know how huge they get, right? So yeah. if you don't want it to go over the fence line, 
then you'd have to put it, you know, 20 feet away probably. At least. At least. At, I, at is least, there a law about that? Of, no, there's not a law, but if it goes over their fence line, for instance, they can cut off anything that's, you know, if they you go straight up from the fence line, anything on their side is fair game. Plus, okay. you know, if there's a driveway there, you for sure don't want to do that to them because pecans put out, drop, you know, stuff, and they get aphids, and sticky stuff will get all over your car. Uh, so that's, you never want to put a pecan uh, near a driveway. Okay. Right. Okay, I got it. Thanks. <laughs> yes, Thanks. ma'am. Thanks for calling. Okay, 512-836-0590. Let's see. Another thing to be uh, aware of, that's plum curculia, which is really prevalent in the Austin area, and it affects peaches, plums, apples, and pears. So you got to learn how to prevent, recognize, and control this pest. And one of the things you got to do is clean up and dispose of all fallen fruits and leaves from under the fruit tree on a regular basis, and don't add those to your compost. And this is just to reduce potential sheltering sites for the adults and keep larvae from reaching the soil where they pupate, right? And we'll talk more about that. Hey, time for that first break. Let's uh, get that going on. We'll be back shortly. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. <clears throat> We're talking about uh, plum curculio being an issue with peaches, plums, apples, and pears. And we talked about cleaning up and disposing of all the fruit and leaves from under the fruit tree. Um, this is why, because the larva burrow into the soil where they pupate so they just grow climb up the tree the next year and do it all over again this is why we always have to have a good thick mulch under our uh, fruit trees uh, that are affected by this insect because if you don't then they can easily burrow into the soil so you want to have at least two or three inches of mulch around those uh, peaches plums apples and pears uh, and also uh, dormant oil sprays, which are nowadays vegetable-based sprays. But once all the leaves are gone, you can do a dormant oil spray on your tree, and that helps prevent a lot of problems, right, with your fruit trees. Okay, 512-836-0590. You can call or text that number. Um Let's see. So some of the good peaches. Now, peaches are probably uh, one of the pickiest plants to grow around here. But the big thing about them are they're a temperate fruit. They require a certain number of cold hours to flower properly. Now, in general, Austin is in the 700 hours uh, belt. But that can actually vary around this county a lot. So there's a way that they have for you to determine your chill hours, but the and and then there's there are freestone and clingstone peaches, right? The freestones are the ones that are really easy to to you know get rid of the pit, um, whereas the cling ones are not so easy. But 
the varieties that they recommend, um, there are many of them, but Techstar, Tex Prince, Hawthorne, which I've never heard of, La Feliciana, Tex Royal, Gold Prince. Those are the top five free uh, peaches. Now, the best peach I ever ate was a Dixieland peach out of Fredericksburg. It's a freestone, but it needs 750 chill hours, so it may not be, you know, for everybody. But it's definitely, my, I think, one of the best peaches in the world. So hopefully they'll keep growing them up there. The freestones tend to come in a little later than the than the clean stones. So like Dixie probably won't come in till end of June. July even, maybe. Okay, here's a text. Can you use cut-up leaves as mulch under fruit trees? Yeah, I think as long as they're disease-free, you could do that. But I would definitely recommend uh, a hardwood mulch on top of that, like that Texas native mulch we talk about all the time, shredded hardwood mulch. That's better at preventing things from burrowing down because leaves will, of course, you know, break down a lot easier than um, than a hardwood mulch will. So you could put the leaves down, but I, I, if it was me, I'd still put down a couple of inches of, of mulch, right? Uh, let's see here. Pear varieties. Now, there's three types of pears that you can grow here in Travis County. Asian, European, and European hybrids. And European pears are usually the most prevalent type available in grocery stores. And they have the traditional pear shape with soft flesh. Uh, And there are some varieties that can be grown in Travis County, but they are susceptible to fire blight. Asian pears are somewhat rounder, milder tasting, and they're really crisp, kind of like an apple, right? They have more tolerance to fire blight. And European hybrids are generally crosses between European and Asian varieties in an attempt to build fire blight tolerance. All pears tolerate a wide range of soils uh, types than, say, peaches and other stuff like that. Um, now, the, there are a big list here of pears that are uh, listed as to their type, like Asian or European um, and European would be the softer one, right? Ayers, LeConte, uh, Magnus, Moonglow, Warren, uh, and then Kiefer's a, like a European hybrid, hybrid, Orient is also. And all of these have less chill hour requirements than uh, we get here in Travis County, and that's one reason they're so you know, easy around here. Uh, Fire blight, though, let's see here if they've got a little something, something. Now, that's a bacteria that invades all parts of the trees, but most often manifests as blackened branch tips that resemble fire damage. Um, Best way to prevent it is choose varieties that are resistant to it, increasing airflow around the tree by... um, spreading branches with weights or spreaders. You can apply a copper fungicide before the fruit is set as a preventive measure. 
Uh, but if you do get fire blight, prune out diseased wood at least 8 to 12 inches below the last sign of infection, then burn or trash the wood. Do not put it in your compost. Um, and then disinfect your pruning equipment um, between tr- tree prunings. Um, and the other thing you don't ever want to do if you get fire blight, use a high nitrogen synthetic or chemical fertilizer. That, again, it's just like we say with um, other fungal issues, you know, that it's like pouring gas on a fire. So you definitely want to stay away from these synthetic high nitrogen fertilizers for a lot of this stuff because that just really makes it worse, lots, lots worse. Um, Another thing that is easy to grow here are persimmons. That, in fact, might even be the easiest thing to grow in Travis County because you don't have to do any special pruning. It has low chill requirements, and it's relatively pest and disease-free. We even have two native persimmons that produce fruit. Uh, One of them is the American persimmon, and Travis County is like its far western habitat. and then, the, of course, the old Texas persimmon, the one that gets the little black fruits the, the females do. And now, when you're looking to buy a persimmon, there are astringent varieties and there are non-astringent varieties. I don't know why you'd want um, an astringent variety, but maybe there's some, some kind of special recipes or something that I don't know about. Uh, but... The um, if, if you get a good persimmon, once it's ripe, a persimmon has a really sweet, delicate flavor and the texture of like a thick pudding. Um, and there are several Asian persimmons that are non-astringent and they can be eaten as soon as the fruit softens. The biggest challenge is keeping them safe from squirrels. And they don't even mind if it's the astringent uh, quality. Now, persimmons typically produce seedless fruit, which tend to drop before full maturity and is eagerly triggered by too much fertilizer, excessive heat, cold, water, or drought. Um, You can't stop the fruit from dropping, but you can reduce the occurrences by using heavy mulch and appropriate watering practices. Fuyu is one that you hear about all the time. That's a uh, and again, there's several listed here. Um, jujubes. <laughs> I, I'll never forget the first time I saw a jujube. I was going to see a client out in Driftwood, and they had, you know, a large property out there. And I saw this tree I had never seen before, and there were hundreds of them. And they had big thorns. And I was like, what in the world is that? Well, it turned out to be a grove of jujubes. By the way, here are the numbers if you want to join the show. I'm just blathering on. But uh, 512-836-0590, and that's the call or text number. And then the toll-free line is 877-590-5525. So again, 512-836-0590 call or text. 
Uh, so anyway, these jujubes, they're, they like hot weather. They can grow in all kind of soil. The fruit tastes like a small apple, and sometimes it's even available in the grocery stores. But the biggest problem with the tree is the root sprouting, a lot of root sprouting. So you want to plant your tree with this in mind because you'll need free access to cut off sprouts as soon as they form. Any root injury will encourage this sprouting, just like with live oak trees. Um, so you never want to till because that's going to encourage this root sprouting. And don't let them form a thicket. The thorns will prevent you from harvesting the fruit. So it grows really fast, and it can re reach heights of 30 to 50 feet. Well, the people that I saw that had this grove were, were uh, the, it had been planted by settlers. So these were very old. I mean, it was a very old grove of trees. They didn't plant them and they took them a while to figure out what they were. Okay, let's start this call with Mark on 290. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, good morning, Cheryl. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? Uh, your discussion on persimmon. So why would someone want an, an astringent variety? I have a Hychia variety. Uh, once they get really ripe, you know, like the pudding consistency you're talking about, they are just so darn good. That's why people would plant an astringent. And I have Fuyu varieties, too, that produce really, really heavy, but got zero this year. The squirrel population just decimated our crop. Well, so once they're ripe, are they bitter? Do they have that that puckering aspect to them? The astringent, yes. You, you can't eat them when they're not ripe. They need to be like an overripe tomato before you ah. eat them. But the but the fuyu, you can eat them uh, rock hard. Is is how I like them. When they turn orange, you eat them like an apple, or you can allow them to to ripen soft too. And you have the Hychia, is that what you said? The Hychia and mm -hmm. uh, Fuyu. And I the have Fuyu. Two Fuyus and one Hychia. I got to go. I got to do the news. But thank you for that input. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your talk. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And if you want to join the show, 512-836-0590. That is the call or text number. And I got a text here that says, Fuyu persimmon pie recipe. Yummy. You go to allrecipes.com, Fuyu persimmon pie recipe. And then uh, this texter goes on to say, my grandma used to make a similar pie to this one. It was incredible. Still have the tree producing after 28 years. Wow, that is so cool. So, yeah, that's the most common one that I'm familiar with. Uh, another one is uh, one of my favorites is the fig, right? We were, I heard Jeff talking about figs a lot this morning. Um and they're really easy to grow. Once they're established, uh, they do react to extremes in temperature. So they're going to need some kind of protection or heavy mulching when they're little. 
Uh, trees can take a few years to become established, and they might freeze to the ground tr- during prolonged cold. But mulching allows the plant to regenerate from the roots during late spring. So you got to wait until at least May or June before you give up if your tree seems like it might be dead. Um, it likes full sun. It does like the mulch underneath it. And even in prolonged periods of heat and drought, you know, you, you're going to get some leaf damage. They might even fall off the tree. But usually, as soon as rain arrives, they leaf back out and they might even put on a new crop of fruit. Um, so definitely full sun uh, kind of plant in my experience. So uh, they also warn you, though, that this is this sap from figs contains latex. So some people may develop an itchy rash from handling fig branches or exposing skin to the sap. Um, so just keep that in mind. Now, the recommendations for Austin and Travis County on figs, Alma, Celeste, LSU Purple, and the Texas Everbearing, also known as Brown Turkey. Now, that's the one Memo had. And that to me, that's the one I'm most familiar with, although how fun, you know, it would be to have different ones. But the Texas Everbearing, it gets big, a uh, great big old tree. So, you know, you you might have to leave the top half to the the birds and the squirrels and the what have yous. But, um, gosh, I love those figs. And she used to make the best fig preserves in the world. And they were, it was a simple recipe. Um, I have not made it, but I, I wrote down what she said to put in it. But, you know, like most grandmothers, she didn't bother to tell me exact amounts. So it, it's got to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Had some lemon in it. I remember that. Um, okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Uh Here's a text that just came in. Epithelium. What do I do to these two plants? Mine have never bloomed, and the friend's plants are blooming now. Sun, shade, outdoors in the summer. Um, I have never had one of these epithelium. Uh, I think if your friends are doing something right, you might want to ask them because I'm not really sure. I mean, I've seen the plant. Um, I'm guessing it probably could use more sun than what it's getting. But yours looks healthy. I mean, it's got a lot of foliage on it. But if it's not blooming, I'll try to look it up in the next break. But um, again... If you know somebody that's got something like this, because this isn't really my specialty, these, these um, indoor exotic plants. But if somebody's doing a really good job of it, then that's the one you want to talk to about it. And again, I'll look it up, and I, I can just Google it, and you probably can too, although sometimes I can't pull that up here in this studio because I don't get very much uh, bandwidth on here. Um, okay, 512-836-0590. Now let's talk about pomegranates. Um, like their cousins, the crepe myrtles, 
Pomegranates do make a lovely addition to the landscape and with the bonus of producing edible fruit. They're alkaline tolerant, so they like our soils okay. They can grow in all kinds of soils. Uh, they root easily. They can spread into a dense, shrubby thicket. Um, but it's best if you can prune them into three to five main stems and you get better airflow and fruit production, unless you just want it for or- ornamental purposes. Um, they'll bloom and set fruit during the entire growing season if irrigation is there. Um, during the summer, water at least once a month, once a month, uh, or you know if you see it wilting. But don't over fertilize a pomegranate because that just makes it sucker, right? Uh, and if you get too much water, it's, the fruit will split open. So that could happen even if you're not doing it. If we get a heavy rain. Um, you know, event or something like that. Um, let's see, what is the one? I'm looking for the one that's most common. They don't even list it, but I've always heard wonderful is is the best one. Now, they list Al Sirenar, uh, Cloud, Flesh, Fleshman's, Granada, Parfianca, Pink Satin, Russian 18. I have not heard of... Oh, wonderful's on the list at the bottom. Um, and listen, when you go out to buy yourself a pomegranate, there are pomegranates that are just ornamental. So you got to be sure that you're getting the fruiting kind of pomegranate when you when you go shopping because I cannot tell you how many calls I've had over all these years about um, my pomegranate doesn't produce fruit but i love the flowers on them they're just beautiful so even if you don't want the fruit um i'm not a big pomegranate eater even though i know a lot of people just love them but they're so pretty right and those pretty orange flowers you don't get that from very much else around here but you just got to know what you're this is why i'm always recommending this website because uh i'll tell you this is the place where you're going to get the best information and it does vary y'all from county to county widely because shoot anybody that lives here knows it's way different soil on the other side of 35 it's it's way different soil from like where i live up on the rocks down to my daughter's house in clarksville and she has a real mix of of soil types in her yard giant big oak trees but a lot of the stuff that grows up here on the uh the the escarpment doesn't grow in her yard it just doesn't like it over there and i don't know why but maybe it's just they're not well adapted to good soil because she does have good soil i mean it's pretty over there so okay we're fixing to go on this uh last break here so uh if you would like to join the show you can get in line at 836-0590 and of course that's Area code 512-836-0590, and that is a call or text number. And uh, we have the toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about citrus. All right, see you in a sec. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. 
And I have been, uh, somebody wanted to know what website, Travis uh, County Extension Service website, and you can get to it by going to AgriLife, A-G-R-I, Life, and then put in whatever county you live in, right? So mine's obviously uh, AgriLife, Travis County, and that's, if you go to, you have a bunch of suggestions of, of different topics Go to horticulture, and then you have a choice of vegetables, and I'm on the fruit and nut page, um, herbs, and something else that I, I can't remember right now. But um, Okay, here's a texture. This is good info, and I should have thought of this. He says, this is the same guy that had the uh, Fuyu persimmon pie recipe. Uh, have several plum trees. Never had the curculio problem. We apply nematodes around each one right after they drop their leaves in the fall. The only pests we've encountered are hungry neighbors. <laughs> Listen, that is the best advice yet because beneficial nematodes will attract the will attack that larva. So that that could be the, the solution right there to the I don't know why I have never thought of that before. Um, that is amazing. Thank you so much for suggesting that. All right, phone lines uh, are ringing here, so let's go out to Lakeway. Hello, Lucy. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I, good, I, good. I pulled over to ask you a question, so I hope you can hear me because I'm driving. Yeah, I can. Um, okay, I'm new, new to the area, and the builder unfortunately chopped all the trees down except for a few that are left by the beltway by the you know the dirt road I forget what they call it mm-hmm. and um one is it looks like it was leaning over to uh to, be, to get sun mm-hmm. and so it's crooked mm-hmm. and i'm wondering if i could cut the top off will that make it grow straight or no what kind of tree, what kind of tree? uh the ones that have pollen Right now, I can't think of it. Uh, cedar tree, <laughs> what we yeah. call cedar trees, the junipers. No. Yeah, if it's already a mature tree or not just a baby sapling, if it's a baby yeah. sapling, you can stake it up straight. No, it's like eight feet tall or more. Yeah, no. If, if you cut the top off, it'll die. Oh. It, it, what about, if I, can I do anything to hopefully keep it? It's my only big tree. Uh, yeah, just leave it alone. I mean, it may have a weird shape, but at least you, you've you got the tree. And you need to get out there and start planting some trees. Right now is a perfect time to buy and plant trees. Yeah. Well, while we're on it, since I'm not from here, what's a good tree to plant here? Well, there's really good oak trees, which are, you know, for long-lived trees. Uh, the Monterey oak, which is also called Mexican white oak. Uh, Monterey. Yeah, Monterey oak, red oak. Um, you know, it kind of just depends on how much room you have. Yeah, I have a lot of You have a lot of room. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the native live oaks, those are all over the place. Those are the ones that stay green all winter. Um, and our... And I'm not a good gardener, so would those be fairly easy to take care of? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All those. All right. And then there's cedar realm. There's 
uh, Texas ash. There's a million good trees. Let me recommend a website for you. It's okay. called grow, G-R-O-W, green, dot org. Growgreen.org is an excellent resource for anybody. It's uh, It tells you the best trees for our area, the best flowers, the best, uh, you know, just bushes and stuff. Thank you so much, and you have a Merry Christmas. I appreciate it. You too. Welcome to the area. Good luck. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye. I should also have told her in Lakeway, um, you know, you're going to have deer pressure unless you're fully fenced. She may be fully fenced, but if you are not fully fenced and you're planting a young tree, you're going to have to protect it until it gets big enough for the deer not to be able to eat it or hurt it, right? Um, so uh, definitely you're going to need to cage it or do something like that if you plant a little tree. Okay, let's see here. Here's another text, and if y'all want to join... 512-836-0590, call or text. Is now a good time to plant crepe myrtle? Yes. Or should I wait until spring? Either one. Um, it's much easier to get trees established this time of year because, obviously, it's not 108. And they uh, the roots grow all winter in this zone. It grows more slowly. But they do grow all winter, so you get a big head start on getting a tree established if you plant in the fall. You do not want to plant a teeny-weeny little start of something like that right now. I don't care what kind of tree it is um, because, you know, obviously it's susceptible to freezing. But if you get, say, a 15-gallon crepe myrtle, something like that, yeah, absolutely plant it. I'd, I'd go ahead and do that. That's why I was telling that lady that just moved here uh, that – stupid builder cut down all our trees i mean what is the deal with that what is wrong with people oh don't get me started but anyway uh yeah so it's a good time and also a lot of nurseries have sales this time of year what somebody ought to give that lady a present of a tree now that's a good present so somebody just moved in and they don't have any trees and they want a tree Go pick them out a really nice tree uh, that's good around here and give it to her as a present. Okay, let's talk about citrus for a minute. Um, You know, most of them cannot take the sustained cold periods that we get in, say, late winter. Um, A lot of them will do well in pots if you can put them in a greenhouse or the garage. And the varieties that are recommended here are some that you can plant in the ground and have some major success. Now, where you put them is critical. You know, trees need to be planted with a southeast exposure, sheltered from the cold northwest winds, right? Uh, Frost protection blankets can be used with some success on sites that have deep soil. Uh, citrus isn't deep-rooted, so it's not recommended for sites with really shallow soils. Um, and most of the varieties are grafted onto hardier rootstocks. So, you know, if it kills it down to the graft, um, it kills below the graft, the new shoots are going to be completely different, and you're not going to get good fruit out of it. So, 
now, here are the types that they recommend for in-ground planting for Travis County. Improved Meyer lemon, a satsuma called miho, a satsuma called sito, satsuma called owari, and a satsuma called arctic frost, and another one called orange frost. A kumquat, nogami kumquat, mewa kumquat, and marumi kumquat. So these are all recommended for in-ground planting. And I know y'all have heard me talk about my client that had the biggest old lemon tree I ever saw. It was in a protected spot between his house and his fence in his neighbor's yard. And there was even a time, now this is a tree, a big lemon tree, you know. There was a time at which, because of construction and what have you, that tree had to be cut down. And it came back with a vengeance and in fact produced better than it ever had before and if you read conventional wisdom is you don't cut them back Uh, but i'll tell you what it worked for them and he said it had never produced as well as it did after it got cut and then it it grew again but i have heard many times that satsumas are the most cold hardy citrus trees for around here and there's i didn't realize how many kinds there were um, but that would be a fun one to put in the ground. And again, not right now, I don't think. If you if you buy one, and that's another good present for somebody because, you know, these fruits, these citrus ripen in the fall and winter. Um, and so you might be able to go out and find a really cute tree that has fruit on it. And again, what a great present would that be for somebody? Uh I really advocate shopping at the nurseries. They have great gift stores, not to mention, you know, you can get plants for anybody, but you can put together a really beautiful little container of herbs or winter flowers, you know, like pansies or cyclamens or something cute like that. Or you can give them seeds. You can give them, you know, pruning shears, uh, those wonderful rugs for outdoor decks and stuff. I love those. Um, so I, not to mention all the great books, right? There's so many good books out there that, you know, I love my Wildflowers of the Texas Hill Country by Marshall Inquist. I've recommended that for years. One of the best books out there, in my opinion, or anything by Gayata Ajilsva V, however you say her name, Butterfly Gardening for the, for Texas, kind of that's her latest one, uh, which is a uh, Revision of an earlier one, Butterfly Gardening for the South. Um, <clears throat> she She's written a number of books, um, a wildflower book by her, the one that's color-coded on the edges. That's another great book. But so, yeah, I mean, Texas-specific gardening books. This one I'm always referring to, the Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Guide. Um, so, the, you know, get creative. These are really interesting ideas for people that are either starting out or just are avid gardeners, right? There's so many cool tools out there that people can use and and just other fun garden art and stuff like that, which I love. You know, wind chimes, little fountains, big fountains, um, benches, you name it. There's just a million wonderful things in the nursery gift stores so 
Uh, last thing I'm going to talk about a little bit in this last few moments here are grapes. Um, you get table grapes versus wine grapes. Um, you want to get resistant varieties for Pierce's disease. That's the only. That's one of the only big uh, problems around here. But you can get back, uh, varieties like Black Spanish, also known as Le Noir, Champanelle, Favorite, Southern Home Muscadine, Venus, Herbamont, and Victoria Red is a Texas superstar selection. So anyway, go to the AgriLife website and get to reading. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you all next Sunday.